Welcome to Theoriots, the father-daughter podcast team where two completely unqualified idiots share their insight on world theories, conspiracies, and the unsolved. I'm Tony. And I'm Bree. Let's theorize. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14 of the Theoriots podcast. <laughs> so proper for <laughs> I know. I'm trying to be all like uh, really good and serious, but <laughs> we're actually just amateurs at this. <laughs> Wait, I have a joke. Oh, well, well how surprising. What's your joke? <laughs> Number 14, not on my watch. I, I, oh, my God, really? <laughs> but um, um, I'm so underappreciated here. <laughs> I'm sure someone somewhere out there is laughing. <laughs> episode 14, this is the episode about the Zodiac Killer. So fun. Let's get right into this. Uh, well, I should say welcome, to, uh, my fellow theoriates, to another episode we are happy you are back with us but let's get right into this because there's probably going to be quite a bit to talk about because it's still mysterious and unsolved this is the yeah. gist of it but who is the zodiac killer well honestly no one knows the zodiac killer is actually a pseudonym for an unidentified american serial killer who operated in northern california from suspected um at least the late 1960s to the early 1970s so before even i was born yeah Believe so it or long not. ago. <laughs> yeah, this was a while ago. Um, but I say, at le- or they say at least, because um, there are some confirmed murders in the late, late 1960s, but there are definitely some murders that could be attributed to the Zodiac Killer in the early 1960s. Yeah, so they're well, unsure. If you don't know who it is, I guess you never know how many people it was. Yeah, very true. Um, the biggest part is that the killer um, originated the name in a series of taunting letters. So it's... um. You know, he got his name really by sending letters to the newspapers and cards uh, to the local Bay Area press. For those that are outside of this country, or even in our part of the country, the Bay Area is a part of California. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. Okay. All right, well, good. I'm glad I <laughs> clarified then. Uh, the biggest part is that the letters included what's called uh, cryptograms. Uh, cryptograms are also known as ciphers. Do you know what a cryptogram or a cipher is? no is it like the symbol type thing yeah essentially it is it almost looks like hieroglyphics but it's usually in like a, a square or a kind of rectangular thing and it's it, it consists of different shapes uh and each shape might have a specific letter meaning reference and these are super hard to crack without the uh, what they call the key mm-hmm. like usually there might be a key which explains you know exactly what uh, letter represents each symbol or what yeah. symbol represents each letter uh, so without that, it's really hard. There there are professionals at it that are really, really good. But as we'll talk about in the story, um, one of the biggest things is, I mean, this dates back over 50 years ago. Right. And the what's called the Z340 cryptogram. It's a Z340, a Z for Zodiac and 340 because that's how many characters are in it, um, is one of the top three hardest ciphers to crack. And it's still, well... Partially. I mean, we'll talk later about some of it, what's been uh, discovered as recently as, as 2017, but it's considered one of the top three hardest ever to be cracked and still hasn't been. So oh, so it's not the hardest to crack, though? No, apparently there isn't. I probably should have looked up which other two are considered harder, Yeah. but that one is one of the top three historically oh, wow. to crack. Hmm. So, But of, uh, of the four cryptograms that were sent, only one has been definitively solved. And I think that was the shortest one, which I think was called the Z32. So it only had 32 characters in it. So each um, one that he sent had a different, he used like a different key 
I do. Um, yeah, I would assume so because otherwise, once they re, um, yeah. solved the Z thirty two, then it would have been easier to solve the other yeah. one. But yeah, different keys, different symbols, uh, and it kind of speaks to the type of person that he was. So he was. Well, in a lot of cases, I guess you could say he outsmarted a lot of people because yeah. he used different types of symbols to represent different things. Obviously, for him, it made sense, mm -hmm. but it was it's difficult even for professionals to have figured it out. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as the murders, he's uh, murdered five known victims. And I say known because there's a lot of speculation about this. Uh, but his victims were in the Benicia, Vallejo, and Knapp County and San Francisco area, all in California. <laughs> I don't know why for a second I had no idea what I know Viejo is like obviously Spanish but for some reason I didn't know what you were trying to say at all. Oh. <laughs> it seemed so I was like wait. <laughs> These are uh, towns or counties in California. I'm sure San Francisco you knew what that was. Yeah well when you said that I was like oh wait he's listing something. <laughs> <laughs> So these five victims were uh, were killed between December 1968 and October of 1969. So not not even a year's time frame. Mm -hmm. uh, he targeted young people, it seemed, um, with two of the men actually surviving the attempted murder. Uh, he also murdered a male cab driver, uh, and the Zodiac himself actually claimed to have killed 37 victims. Jeez. But of those, I think there have been only these uh, confirmed cases. Mm -hmm. But he's he definitely via the newspaper has taken. Um, credit for 37 according yeah. to him a lot of suspects have been named by law enforcement and even amateur investigators but there's no conclusive evidence that has surfaced about uh, who the killer actually it is mm. is i should say um the san francisco police department marked the case inactive uh, as recently not, i mean not recent compared to today but uh 2004 so if you know mm. if uh murder stopped around the early 70s somewhere 2004, they considered it an active or maybe cold case, mm -hmm. but then for some reason they decided to reopen it um, in March of 2007. Mm -hmm. And to this day, the case still remains open by the uh, city of Vallejo. Interesting. But, yeah. Uh, also, uh, as well as Napa County and Solano County, uh, all in the California D uh, Department of Justice has main maintained an open case as well on the murder since 1969. Yeah, and it's crazy. I'm assuming back then... Um, obviously they didn't have the same technology we have today, so there could have been fingerprints everywhere and they just didn't check for it because maybe they didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely they don't, they didn't have the uh, ability to do like DNA testing like they do today Yeah, to try to figure out. But, um, as I'll talk about a little bit later, um, the history channel actually did a really good job with, um, cause they still have some of the victims, uh, stuff in, you know, the, the case files for the mm -hmm. police departments and they're still unbelievable how far technology has come or science has come. I should say that we're able to get some DNA, even though it's over 50 years. Yeah. Um, you know, that stuff, I guess, sticks around. So, well, the golden state killer, they, they ended up catching him because, a descendant of him mm -hmm. did like an ancestry thing and then it linked to him. No kidding. It was really weird. But wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. amazing, you know. It's kind of like if you committed a crime several years ago, you may <laughs> still not be safe. So if yeah, you're right? listening, you better watch yourself. Watch your kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, again, like we talked about, uh, you know, confirmed cases. You know, it's a seven. Um, there have been they, uh, the Zodiac himself has claimed to have taken credit for thirty-seven of them. Yeah. Um, some of the first letters that were written um, about uh, killing. Uh, were sent to the newspaper, and the Zodiac himself sent these to the newspaper, and he said things like, I like killing people because it's so much fun. 
It's Ooh. more fun than killing wild game in forests because man is the most dangerous animal of all. And it's something that gives me the most thrilling experience. Ew. I mean, you can tell this guy was a little kooky because he's even he's even said things like, oh, you know, uh, the happy part is when I die, I'll be reborn in paradise and the people I've killed will become my slaves. Oh, yeah, he's uh, morbid. I mean, you know, obviously, if anybody who's a serial killer has something wrong with them to right. be able to get to the potential. But and, and, you know, the, the, the common thing with these guys is, you know, they get their rocks off of doing this stuff. Yeah. You no, know, they, um, you know, once they kill the first time, it's like they almost uh, can't stop themselves. Yeah, I know that, like, not that hunting is a sign of a serial killer, but people like to say that when a kid is young and if they like to, like, hurt animals or torture animals, that's probably a sign. Yeah, I've heard that as well, that if, um, you know, kids, uh, when they're small, if they like to torture like that's something to watch out yeah. for because that could be the case. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, probably not the case in all cases. Yeah. Because unfortunately, sometimes kids kids will be very cruel. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's one of those signs that, to be careful. Yeah. Watch out for. Um. But on August first, nineteen sixty nine, three letters were prepared by the killer. Um, they were received by the newspapers, including the Vallejo Times, the San Francisco Chronicle, and the San Francisco Examiner. The nearly identical letters subsequently described a psychiatrist to have been written uh, by someone you would expect to be brooding and isolated. Mm. So, like most serial killers, right? I don't think uh, most of these serial killers historically have been, you know, family guys who just go about a regular job and have normal lives. They always seem to be like hermits and very isolated and awkward, socially awkward. Some people, though, you'd be surprised. Like, a lot of people... Um, who have killed someone people are like, oh they're like the pillar of the community and they were charming and so it's weird that they could either be completely um antisocial or, or maybe they kind of like try to overcompensate yeah that's know? true because i guess they they said that about jeffrey dahmer too yeah, um, yeah. and ted was, bundy um, everybody had a crush on him yeah, people still have a crush weird. on him which is weird because i look at him I'm like Oof. yeah i don't know <laughs> i guess for the time yeah <laughs> But um, each letter um, concluded or included one third of a 408 symbol cryptogram. So this was a Z408, uh, which the killer claimed contained his identity. Mm. Uh, the killer demanded they be printed on each paper's front page or he was going to cruise around all weekend killing people in the night and then move to kill again until he ended up with two uh, with a dozen uh, people dead just in the weekend. Jeez, that's brave. Yeah, pretty brave. <laughs> um, as it turns out, the... Um, one of the Chronicles published its third of the cryptogram on page four, the next day's edition. And then there was an article printed alongside the code that quoted the Viejo police chief saying that he wasn't satisfied that the letter was written by the murderer. And he requested a second letter uh, with more facts to prove the identity. The The actual threatened murders, thankfully, did not happen. Mm. Um, but all three parts were eventually published. And on August 7th, 1969, another letter was received by the uh, San Francisco Examiner with the salutation, Dear Editor. Uh, this is the Zodiac speaking. This is the first time the killer had used his name for identification. And a- as it turns out, this whole Zodiac thing, um, I don't, I think it, it relates to the type of things he watched when he was younger. Mm. Coincidentally, one of the things that um, I saw during my research is that not this entire scene or so, but a lot of this, the name of how what this guy calls himself some of the things that he did how he killed people was actually a movie that came out many years earlier really? uh, so this guy was into that type of fiction actually turns out that he's um 
he was a guy that a lot of what he wrote, like at one point, one of the things he sent a picture to one of the uh, newspapers, it was like a terribly drawn, like, you know, picture of a guy mm-hmm. and on each corner it was like, you know, die by the gun, um, die by, the, you know, like the four different quotes. And it turns out those four uh, things were part of like a 1950s comic book what the? thing. Yeah, there's a lot of research that's been done. So this is this is a guy who obviously lived in kind of like a, a fantasy type world. Yeah. Where he saw like all these things is, you know, obviously he's kooky. I think we, you know, we talked about it a couple minutes ago. Yeah. People like this are always pretty crazy. Yeah. But anyway, um, he called himself the Zodiac. And uh, like I said, the chief wanted more information about uh, whether his, his identity, even though they published it. Um, however, on August 8th, 1969... A couple named Donald and Betty Hardin of Salinas, California, cracked the 408 symbol cryptogram. And by the way, this was the biggest one. He had written four of them with the mm-hmm. 408 one uh, being the biggest one. Uh, it contained a misspelled message in which the killer seemed to reference the most dangerous game. He also said he was collecting slaves for the afterlife, like Ooh. I talked about earlier. Yeah, I mean, a Jeez. weird guy. Um, no names actually appeared in the, dec- the decoded text text and the killer said that he would not give away his identity because it would slow down or stop his slave collection Ugh. This yeah guy's um, like the male lalori well maybe it's not even a guy maybe that's a true <laughs> well the, well, the um maybe it's lalori <laughs> it could be re- resurrected i mean they Ugh. did talk about being reborn no but they there uh there was a lady who was um and i really should should get her name because mm-hmm. she what what this killer apparently used to do sometimes is he he would disable um, the women's cars, mm. like say he would like flatten their tire or something like that, and then when they went out to you know check on it, uh, he would then offer them help oh, okay. the tire, and that's how he would uh, get some of them. One lady that he kidnapped actually had a baby with her, and he was driving down the road with her, and she escaped by just simply jumping out of the car with the baby as it was moving oh with the baby that's, with the baby yeah yeah i mean at that point you know yeah she obviously feared feared for her life and then jumped out of it where i was going with that story is there is a picture of what this person essentially looks like i can please sketch mm-hmm. uh, because there were a couple teenagers who looked out of a window and saw a man ga- grabbing some stuff some stuff from a taxi cab mm-hmm. of a murder and they described it and then they come to find out that this murder was one of the murders that the Zodiac Killer claimed he had done. Mm. It was of a guy named Paul Stein. And a lot of the clues that have come out of the case have come out of this murder. Right. It was the murder of a taxi cab driver who he shot and killed. So a lot of a lot of the victims he stabbed. For this, for he would also shoot some. In this particular one, this taxi cab driver, he shot in the back of the head while he was in the back seat. And then this is where the picture of the sketch came from because the people saw him from the window gathering some stuff out of the car before he left. Mm -hmm. Um, That murder scene had uh, rubber gloves that didn't belong to the murder victim. They believe may have belonged to him. Um, And then uh, uh, some other small evidence. The crazy part about this whole thing is other than small evidence like uh, boot prints and these rubber gloves that may or may not belong to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's really not a whole lot of evidence or, or things that were left behind at the crime scene to yeah. try to specifically discover who this person is. Yeah, especially it seems like, um, well, I don't really know the difference between a signature and like a MO, but if it was different, like he stabs them, he shot some, it's kind of harder to pin if it was really him, you know what I mean? Like, Because mm-hmm. usually if someone's a serial killer, they kind of stick to the same uh 
signature or ammo or whatever. Yeah, or sometimes they leave is. a calling card behind. Yeah. Yeah, and then that, that's exactly what I was going with the, with Chief Stitz's uh, request, is that he didn't necessarily believe that it was the same person. So, on October 14th, 1969, the Chronicle received another letter from the Zodiac. This time it contained a swatch from uh, Paul Stein. Um, Paul Stein's shirt, which is a murder I just talked about mm-hmm. in a taxi cab, um, as proof that he was the killer. It also included a threat about killing school children on a bus. Oh, my God. Yeah. Luckily, his um, in the research I did, that never happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a letter or picture that was sent to the newspapers that he wrote well, where he drew a diagram of a bomb that he had planted and... Uh, I forgot the mountain it's called in California, but it was like a bomb that was set to go off. And, and it turns out there was like a bus route on uh, on that uh, place. Oh, geez. Um, but luckily it never happened or to yeah. this day or, or, or the assumption is that the, the bomb still exists somewhere. It just never went off and they still haven't been able to find it. Like he even left them kind of clues of where to find it. Mm-hmm. But to this day, they still haven't solved where this uh, cause because the area where it might be is like a 20 acre area. And so it's pretty huge. So is it possible, I don't really know how bombs work, I, I don't know if you like set a timer or something, but is it possible for it to go off uh, long after it was supposed to? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it depends on how it's set up. I'm certainly not a bomb expert, but there are some bombs that go off based on time, and then there are some that go off based on pressure. Mm-hmm. And so if his intention, I would imagine it's probably not time related because this mm-hmm. was many, many years ago. But if it was uh, a bomb that's set to go off based on someone stepping on it or mm. some kind of pressure release thing, then it's very possible it could sit dormant for many, many, many years yeah. until that pressure is triggered. Yeah. Um, mm. So that's, the, you know, they, they've even like called in bomb squads into areas where they thought it might be, including bomb sniffing dogs and yeah. stuff like that. But again, uh, where they suspect it might be like, because I mean, this guy's like getting bold. He's. Even went to the point where he drew his symbol. His symbol was like this circle with like a, a cross on it. Yeah. Called the Zodiac symbol. And he even drew that on the map saying it's in this area. And it was particular, that particular mountain. But again, mm. it's like a 20 acre area. So it's it's so huge. It's hard to, um, you know, all this time they haven't even come close to discovering where it is. Yeah, he's very bold. Very bold. Very confident. <laughs> Which is weird because if he's like so isolated. But at the same time, he's extremely confident. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, he, you got to think this guy's uh, somewhat in, intelligent because he's, yeah. he he did a lot of things to not only cover his tracks, but he always seems like he was always a step ahead. Right. You know, with these. Uh, that, that's why this the Zodiac Killer thing is, uh, you know, obviously one of the most well-known unsolved cases historically just because of everything that transpired in a short amount of time. And then the guy kind of goes dormant for a long time. Right. Where nothing happens. Um, there was proof, or not proof, there was thought that something happened to the Zodiac Killer, Zodiac killer that he actually died. Um, and that actually was put out, I think, via newspaper. And then um, a letter surfaced as far away as Albany, New York, which oh. the San Francisco Police Department don't really, you know, they, they don't admit anywhere that it's one and the same person. Mm-hmm. But this investigation that was done by the History Channel as recently as 2017 had a professional 
like language uh, writer, uh, reader, or whatever. Like a linguist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or not not necessarily uh, verbally, but just written um, stuff. Yeah, whatever. Smart person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone who specializes <laughs> in confirming signatures and you know things yeah, are written yeah. by the same person. Examine these letters that came from Albany, New York, and they they stated things like, you know, you thought I was dead. I'm not dead. You know, I'm going to start killing again. And just in the writing, pressure points, certain things that they could pinpoint, they could see that this was the, the same person who had written these letters. Yeah. Oh, so pressure the, points. Even, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting weird, how they but. do that. Because, but um, so, I, you know, they would put a time and, you know, how the time has the semicolon between the hour and the minutes. Yeah. Um, they could tell just based on how much pressure was put on those two points that it was written by the same person. That's crazy because I know, like, when I write... You know how people like write their twos, either like a two or like the with the loop on the bottom. Yeah, I do everything both ways. Like, yeah, I do twos both ways. I do fours both ways. So I wonder, like, if someone would catch me. Yeah, well, you know what? It's probably true though, because even if if you purposely try to um, change your writing, there are certain mm -hmm. aspects of the things you don't even think about. The ways yeah. they could catch you, like if you write an L in cursive, mm -hmm. let's say. And you start your pressure point at the beginning of it. Even right. if you try to make it different, the the imprint is thicker at the beginning, and then it goes to lighter, and then it might get darker. So even right. though you try to make it different, that impression is or the pressure points are the same throughout. Yeah, that's just crazy to think about. I know, and that's uh, that's some of the ways that they can think. But that I mean, that's why thankfully there are people like this that exist that um that can confirm stuff like that. Yeah, these signatures and or writings of people. Um, but on November 8th, 1969, the Zodiac mailed a card with another cryptogram consisting of 340 characters. And this is that Z340 uh, cipher that I talked about, one of the, the three hardest in the world to uh, figure out. Mm. 340 character cipher has never been decoded. Like I talked about, numerous solutions have been suggested, but no one um, can be claimed as definitive. Mm. On November 8th, the following day, 1969, Zodiac mailed a seven-page letter stating that two policemen stopped and actually spoke with him oh, three minutes after he shot paul stein oh jesus christ so here's here's this guy taunting basically the police saying you guys are so close you literally three minutes after the murder two police officers stopped and talked to me and you still didn't catch me yeah and he must be like uh I don't, I don't know if charming is the right word but for them to not even suspect anything like he must have been convincing calm. for sure yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was obviously, that's what I'm saying. I think this is a guy who was very, very intelligent and yeah. was always a step ahead because, you know, he's outsmarting people all over the place. And then he's going as far as taunting people. Right. So he's very confident in his ability now. Yeah, I do imagine that most of these people are smart because for them to have either completely gotten away with it or have gotten away with it for such a long time. Yeah, it's crazy. The Zodiac uh, killer continued to communicate with authorities for the remainder of 1970 via letters. He even sent them greeting cards. Oh and then on the greeting cards, he drew a picture or he wrote something like, look through the trees where he claims to have buried one of his, uh, the, his victims. And he mm -hmm. gave them like uh, clues with longitude and latitude and this stuff, that and the other. And even that stuff, they haven't been able to resolve. Mm. In that particular case for that postcard with this uh, particular history channel, um, documentary that they had done the two investigators that were following so they they had this thing where they were separated the whole thing into two different teams one team that was trying to figure out all the ciphers they had uh, probably five or six of the smartest you know uh, i don't know cryptographers or whatever you call them in the world mm -hmm. and then two investigators one who used to work with the fbi was a professional one who was in law enforcement for like 30 something years and retired but these guys 
uh, together tried to break down all the clues uh, and they got as far as where they thought it might be until they brought in um, cadaver dogs. What's that? Uh, cadaver dogs are dogs that the police departments or sheriffs might use to smell where a body is. A cadaver oh, is like human uh, remains. Yeah. Or, um, and these dogs are specifically trained in searching for uh, buried bodies. And when they do uh, find something that they, they think could be there, they sit. So they brought in this team of these uh, cadaver dogs. Mm -hmm. They were German shepherds. And there were three of them. And the cadaver dog, one of the cadaver dogs goes around like this area and uh, he smells something. So he sits. Mm -hmm. And then I guess typically what they do is to confirm they have one of the other dogs smell in the area without the, the first dog that found it and see if they find the same thing. The second dog then does the same thing, smells in this in this area and then sits in the same area. Oh, they sit. That's so cute. <laughs> and then, when did they get a treat? <laughs> And then, um, you know, they were like, let's make absolute sure. And they had the third dog do it. And the third dog did the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so the third dog uh, looks around the area, sits, and they're like, okay, this definitely got to be something here. Mm -hmm. And these dogs aren't trained to, um, this specific to human remains, because that's one of the things that people ask is like, you know, it could it be like an animal that somebody right. buried or, or that may have been there at some point. They're saying, no, this is specifically, I guess apparently human bones uh, smell different. People say, like, that human bodies decomposing smells like sweet. Really? Like, that's, I, obviously, I don't know if it's, like, overwhelmingly sweet where you know something's wrong. I don't think it smells like cookies or something, but people say it smells like sweet. I don't know how. Mm. That's kind of gross. Yeah, but. I mean, I guess the movies have it wrong. Every time you see a police officer go into where there's a dead body, they're always like, Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Because, <laughs> you know, I listen to other podcasts, of course, and there's yeah. some episodes where... You know, like the only way they found this serial killer is because he had a body in his house for so long and somebody smelled it. But they make it seem like huh. it smells like kind of sweet. And it's like, ugh, Interesting. It's gross. Ones I've seen, they uh, almost seem like it's disgusting. Like putrid or something. Yeah. I mean, it could be. I guess yeah, uh, I hopefully know. we'll never uh, experience that. But <laughs> um, so these so these cadaver dogs obviously sit in the same place. And so they're like, there's got to be something here. They start digging, um, and they, they're digging for a while, and then they find nothing, mm -hmm. nothing there. But they did say that it's possible that even after a body has been removed, mm -hmm. um, the smell could still be there, and these dogs could smell it. And so right. it's very possible that if someone buried something there, they, it's possible they could have dug it back up. But aren't there people who, like, um, study the disturbance of, like, soil and stuff? Yeah. yeah. So I guess they, I mean... I don't that, know if they did do that, but they could have checked that. For that particular area, they did not. But, however, it's ironic that you speak about that because the bombings that I was, or the bombing that I was talking about earlier for the school mm -hmm. bus, they did. Um, they thought that there was an area where it might be because the, mm -hmm. the school bus used to drop off these kids at this camp thing. And across uh, the way there or across from where that drop off was was like a tree thing. And again, a dog um, or like a bomb sniffing dog mm -hmm. smelled something in that area. So that they started digging that area up and didn't find anything. Mm -hmm. But the the same thing that they brought in a person who was like a specialist in like, I don't know if they're soil samples or, or soil disturbance. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they said, that they could see that there was something buried there at one point based on how the soil was overturned, but that it was no longer there. Hmm. Interesting. So I don't know. I mean, is this, is this Zodiac guy smart enough to have buried these things and then said oh i'm gonna unbury them because they it may lead to them discovering who i am so there's a lot of people who have actually been suspected of being the zodiac killer 
Um, I'll give you a couple names. Uh, Arthur Lee Allen, uh, Jack Terrence, uh, Richard uh, Gakowski, even the, the Unabomber Ted Kaczynski has been accused of being the, uh, oh, wow. the Zodiac Killer. A guy named uh, Louis Joseph Myers, um, Edward Wayne Edwards. I know <laughs> he's, Edward he's Wayne the one. Edwards. He's the one. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> always you like have, the three names. <laughs> when you have three names and your first and your last name are the same, you're a killer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I named those guys kind of quick because for me, I think based on all the research uh, that I've done and the shows that I've watched, I, I think a lot of these guys have been ruled out. Mm-hmm. But the one that I think that is the two people I should say, because here are the coincidences. The, there are two people. One is named Lawrence Kane and one is named Ross Sullivan. And Ross? Ross. From Ross. Friends? It's him. No, it's not him. He wasn't <laughs> born yet, I don't think. <laughs> David Schwimmer. <laughs> um, these, these two particular guys kind of look like the sketch of the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, there's there no one's really been able to fully rule these two guys out. Mm. This is what's so ironic. These are two people have they have such similar ties and experiences in life that two of them, not just one, two people have not been completely ruled out. Yeah. So the some of the suspicions now is that is the Zodiac killer was was it one person or was it two people? Who were doing it? It could be. The two people I'll focus on, again, are Lawrence Kane and Ross Sullivan. With Lawrence Kane, and I'll tell you why he was suspected. So, Kane worked in uh, the same Lake Tahoe Hotel as Donna Lass. Um, Donna Lass was one of the first victims uh, who disappeared in 1970 and, and was alleged to have been another Zodiac victim. He served in the Naval Reserves. And the reason why that's important is because a lot of these, like the cipher stuff, the symbols and all that... Um, a lot of it is military shows evidence of someone who has a military background mm-hmm. that and also the um, the uh, one of the p- footprints that were found in one of the crime scenes was that of a military boot. Mm-hmm. So the military background is important. Um, and that's where in the Naval Reserves is where he might have learned coding. And a 1962 arc- car accident left him with a brain injury that could have com- compromised his ability c- to control urges. So the urge to kill, uh-huh. like we talked about earlier. Okay. Uh, he was he was arrested before for peeping in 1961 and for prowling. In peeping? Like like looking in people's windows? Yeah, stuff oh, like okay. that. Kind of a peeping Tom type uh, thing. Uh, um, a retired police detective investigating the case in the 1980s claimed that Kane's name was embedded in one of the Zodiac's ciphers. And that uh, Darlene's sister, Darlene was one of the victims. Linda had identified a photo of Kane as the man she said had bothered Darlene at a restaurant. Mm. And also the lady that um, jumped out of the moving car that I was talking about before also identified Lawrence Kane out of a lineup saying that was the guy. Mm. Uh, Because the the, the reason why they think it's one and the same guy is that in via one of these uh, newspaper clippings or articles, he had taken claim to having kidnapped her. So now they know he did kidnap her. And she picked this particular guy out of a lineup. But they've never had enough conclusive evidence to say this was definitively the guy. Right. A uh, San Francisco police officer who probably saw the Zodiac moments after Stein's murder said Kane's photo was closer than any other likeness he had seen. So those two police officers that interviewed him three minutes after the, the, the cab driver Paul Stein's murder mm-hmm. said that the likeness of that of Lawrence Kane looked like the guy he remembered speaking to. 
Could you imagine having to remember just anyone you talk to? Yeah, I mean, uh, but I mean, if it happened that even within a week, you could. I guess I don't know, like because when you're a police officer, I don't know why they talk to him. But let's just say he was walking, they just make casual conversation. Yeah. If I'm walking down the street and someone says like hi to me, half the time I'm so awkward. I don't even like look at people's faces. I like look at their neck. So yeah. I couldn't remember who I talked to. Yeah, that's true. And then you know these these police sketch artists are are amazing because first of all they've never seen the person they're just going off of what your description but the human mind itself is amazing because even if you think you don't remember certain things about people as Mm -hmm. someone else who's trained to bring out those thoughts from you is going over it and uh, like the rendering of the the picture that they end up with it's amazing what the human mind can remember even when you don't think that's the case yeah that well, there's that, and then there's also, like, false memories, too. Like, if you are, um, what's it called when someone kind of forces you to try to remember something a certain way? Like, mani- someone, like, manipulates or, or, uh... Like, you know how sometimes they'll have, like, the police, um, in interviews, and they kind of <laughs> convince them into confessing, but they really didn't do it. I don't oh, know, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't know yeah. the word for it either, but I know exactly what yeah. you're saying. I don't yeah. know. I guess you never know. Yeah. And then uh, the thing with this Lawrence King guy is, um, so the lady who uh, um, jumped out with her name was Kathleen John. She was the one that escaped uh, from, I believe, and then she also identified him as, as I said, in a police lineup. Uh, the other guy who's been suspected, his name is Ross Sullivan. Mm. Ross Sullivan, for me, if you look at Ross Sullivan's real life picture, both these guys wear glasses. The the sketch of the of the Zodiac killer had glasses. But I for me I think if you look at live pictures compared to the sketch, this Ross Sullivan guy looks pretty dang close mm. to the guy. And then the reason why he suspected is because uh, the nineteen sixty six murder of Sherry Joe Bates, uh, who was the first victim in Riverside, California, bore many many similarities to the Zodiac killing. Uh, staffers at the Riverside City College Library near where Bates' body was found said a co-worker, Ross Sullivan, had made them uncomfortable and disappeared for several days after the murder. So Ross used to work in the same library as mm-hmm. that first victim, Sherry Jo Bates, and he would always make them feel very eerie yeah. when he was around. And um, in particular, he paid a lot of attention to this Sherry Jo Bates person and made her feel really uncomfortable. He also, him more than Lawrence Kane, fits the description of what the victims say the height and build is. Because mm. for the most part, um, people who have escaped, because there are some that have escaped, said he's probably a guy who's around 6'2". And is is not skinny and not big, but you know, um, like average kind of. Uh, but well, Bill a certain way, like he could be a, a strong guy. Oh, okay. And this guy Ross Sullivan kind of fits that more than Lawrence Kane. I don't that too. I can't look at someone and just tell you their height. <laughs> like, is that stupid? I don't like people are like, oh, he's probably like five nine, hundred and fifty pounds. Like, I could not guess that. Well, I mean, if you, I guess if you compare for yourself, but you can tell if someone's over, possibly over six feet or under yeah. six feet, so they are significant. I don't know. I'm so small that everyone's taller than me. I'm five <laughs> feet tall. I'm not even five foot one. I'm five feet tall, so everyone is taller than me. Right, but if you know, if there was a guy that was shorter, you can you can be like, oh no, he he, you know, wasn't as short as me, but he's yeah. not six feet tall or something like that. Yeah, I could be like, oh, he was like Kevin Hart, or he was like LeBron <laughs> yeah. James. Yeah, true, but well, significant <laughs> difference, but you can tell. 
Um, but uh, he said co-worker Ross Sullivan had made them uncomfortable and disappeared for several days after the murder, like we talked about. Sullivan also sported a crew cut and glasses similar to the composite sketch. So that's the same thing I said, that he looks more like his real-life picture looks like the sketch mm-hmm. of the Zodiac. He moved to Northern California in 1967, which was right around the time these things uh, started happening, and was hospitalized several times for bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, or excuse mm-hmm. me, and schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Um, Sullivan uh, wore an army jacket. So again, the, the biggest thing was this guy had a military background and mm-hmm. military style boots. So he wore this as he was working. Mm-hmm. So the footprints that were left at the Lake Berryessa stabbing, which is when what he's happened, they were similar in, in length to what he would have worn for a guy that height. Right. Uh, Zodiac buffs also note that his letter uh, mentioned uh, the Mikado by Gilbert and Sullivan, which could be a reference to Sullivan's name. Is Not- that like a book? Uh, yeah yep the mikado is a um uh, a book um by written by gilbert and sullivan so uh, they're saying yeah. it, because he mentioned mikado and then it was written by gilbert and sullivan and his mm-hmm. name is ross sullivan that that could be the reference oh, to the okay. book itself the interesting part that the these guys are obviously two different guys right but the the reason why people are like is it is it two people really they're they're so they're so similar in their background both have sort of a military background but also were both in the area right. based on known addresses when all of these things happened and probably the 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 weirder or even more important thing is that that letter i talked about earlier that had ties when he came back out and said i'm not dead it came from albany new york mm-hmm. they both have ties to albany new york my God, Ross Sullivan went to uh, high school in Albany, New York, and mm-hmm. then um, the other guy, um, I forgot exactly what it was, but I think he had either a girlfriend or family member that lived in Albany, New York. Interesting. So both these guys, both lived in California, both in the areas, both have the capability with the coding and all that stuff. And then the other thing is also Ross Sullivan, um, because he worked at the library. Some of the books he would read was based on cryptography, right, and stuff like that. So there, it, it's like. It almost makes you think: Are the were these two guys almost in cahoots with them and have these similar backgrounds and all you know all these things that can't that after all these years people can't rule either one of them out? Well, do did, they? Did it say anywhere that they know each other? No, it didn't say anywhere that they happen to know each other. They were able to determine that based on the cab fare, how mm-hmm. when around the area when uh, he picked up whatever the customer was. I, I, the fare at that time was, I think, like 50 cents for just getting into the cab. Mm-hmm. And then it was like 10 cents a mile. And I think it, it uh, based on the math that they had done, they could determine that the pickup point to where he was killed was a total of 3.2 miles. Mm-hmm. So they were in that 3.2 mile radius is where they searched for where the, the pickup point may have been. This guy, Lawrence Kane, lived within this 3.2 mile <laughs> <Yeah>. radius. <laughs> Oh my god! And but I mean that's not that's not just it. He also um he was he was a a fan of weird movies and mm-hmm. there were plays that happened in uh, the theater that was in that same district mm-hmm. and uh, and the the movie The Mikado, which was referenced on there, was actually one of the plays that they had done. Oh my god! The night and and <laughs> that play was happening during that uh, the Paul Stein killing, the Mikado. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, the, the cast and crew that some of them were still alive from then were saying that they, they always remember there was one particular guy who was always kind of strange and, and fit the height and, and description of, uh, of what the Zodiac killer has been claimed to. That's so weird. So, so this, they noticed him in the audience? In the audience. Yeah. Because he would, they would always, he'd come to a lot of the plays. 
That's they, they weird. They have a lot of like, the same audience. Imagine being an actor, actress, anything, and you. I'm sure you see like thousands of people, but to pick out one person that you just think is weird. Yeah, well, I, I guess they said he used to dress weird, like in a way that would make him stand out from others. Because yeah. at the time, everyone, you know, if you went to a play, whatever, which might have been fancy, you might have worn some of your best dress, but he'd wear like a funky costume type thing. Ew. So, you know, obviously as as an actor, if you're up there on stage and you look, you, you know, you're looking out at the audience, someone like that might stick out. Yeah. Um, hmm. But, you know, it they've never solved this crime, obviously. It's gone on for years and years and years. Um, and I've... The final Zodiac letter was uh, with the Pines card that I talked about where he mm-hmm. said, you know, look through the Pines and then you'll you'll find the body mm-hmm. of his victim. It was postmarked January 29th, 1974. Mm-hmm. So although most of the killings took place late 60s and 1970 or so, you know, it was obviously still taunting them even years later from that point. Right. You know, it's it's crazy. You know, this... Who knows if this guy is dead now? You know, you don't know how old he was, even if it was he was in his 20s then. Let's yeah. say he was even 21 then. Yeah. You know, in, in 1970, we're talking about 50 years ago. Yeah. He very well could be alive. You know, there since there's been really no activity from this person since the 70s. Right. You know, a lot of people think some, obviously, he, he's, he might be dead now. Right. Um, things like that. But it, it's crazy to think that we live in this world where... There's people who have the the capability of just killing somebody for fun. Yeah, I know that's just disgusting. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, so that's that's kind of the gist of the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's certainly a lot more detail on it. And I welcome anybody who's either listening to this podcast or for yourself, do a little more research on it, or even watch that the History Channel. It's called The Hunt for the Zodiac Killer. It's like a five uh, episode uh, series. Mm-hmm. Of the whole thing, it, it's got a really, really unique breakdown and a real focus on those two guys that I talked about uh, being the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Did um, did it say their ages at the time, though? Like, were they in their 20s in the 70s? The Zodiac Killer or the victims? The No, the um, Lawrence and Ross. They, they would have fit around the same age. They would have been about the late 20s or so okay. around that time. Yep. You know what I was thinking too when you were when you were saying all this. Could you imagine? And I'm not saying these guys are innocent because obviously I don't know. But could you imagine a murder happens around your area, and I mean obviously some people have the same body types and stuff. But someone who kind of looks like your body type did it, but you don't technically have an alibi because if you live alone, you're just at home watching TV. There's no yeah. one to really. But then they think it's you, but then you don't really have any evidence saying it's not you. Right, but they well, don't have evidence saying it is you, so everyone thinks it's you. Well, that's just it. There has to be the burden of proof, you know, on either yeah. side. Obviously, if you're innocent, then the burden of proof is on the police department, whoever's doing the investigation. Yeah. To I mean, it'd be, you know, beyond having an alibi, you have to have certain DNA tests and other other things that link you to the crime. Right, but something like this where, like, there's nothing really pointing either way. Like, you can't say it's not them, but you can't say it is because there's not enough evidence. It's kind of like geez, how do I kind of, if they are innocent, they're like, how can I, like, prove that I am? Yeah, very true. So what do you think about my story? You think it's, uh, It was good. I I knew who the Zodiac Killer was, obviously. Not who. But I knew about the story. I didn't know all the details, but it's crazy just to think that something like that. I, I know 50 years ago was a completely different time, but that someone can get away with it. And even to this day, people are still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. 
Yeah, and that uh, the cipher thing, and I, I did forget to mention that in this in this uh, particular documentary in the History Channel, one of the the decoders did figure out a part of it, or claims to have figured it out. Um, the first part of it, like the first, uh, I don't know, I think there's a total of maybe like up to twenty lines. Uh, he figured out like the first eight, and then like the very last part of it, and um, it does. Uh, it it just says like like here uh, here it is. Um, I kill during the day at night, or I kill at night, day and night, and stuff like that. Um, but then there's a middle section that they haven't been able to to decipher. Yeah, um, and it's they believe it's a cipher within a cipher, which makes it even harder. Uh, yeah. Usually, if you fill out, if you find out what one or two letters are, you can start you know figuring out the other ones. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they have no clue. They, it's, it's, they've been given the most credit to date and that information was turned over to the FBI. Mm. But to date, uh, there's been nothing new about uh, that discovery. Yeah. And I do wonder if something like that were to happen or to start in this time period, like 2020, would they have gotten away with it? Because I know even to like to this day, I think a third of murders go unsolved. Mm, wow. So, and, and I, Two, if you kind of mix up your signature or MO, could you get away with it? Because what's to say that you have to always shoot people, always stab people, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I, I think I think the thing is with these serial killers in their mind, they want they want the recognition and notoriety yeah. of knowing that they've they've done it and probably more importantly to that point gotten away with it. Yeah. I just I do wonder if it could happen today. I'm not telling anyone to try it, <laughs> but I wonder. <laughs> All right. So with that said, um, you know, again, Zodiac Killer still remains unsolved. If you're out there listening to us, Zodiac Killer, you should probably shoot us an email or something. David Schwimmer. I know it's you. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with either Lawrence Kane or Ross Sullivan. Ross. <laughs> those are David my opi- Schwimmer. Those are my opinions. Definitely not. Um, not that I have any additional evidence, but my opinion, based on the research that I've done, the guys that seem to fit the profile yeah. the most. Um, so, you know, with that said, we certainly uh, appreciate you guys listening to another episode of Theoriots. We certainly hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you certainly want to get in a conversation with us, you can always reach us at theoriots at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-O-R-I-O-T-S at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation with us on Instagram or Facebook at Theoriots. Uh, with that said, you know what time it is. Topic time. That's right. It is time for me to give you our next show's topic. Um, I'm ready. Well, I think this time we've talked about uh, different things. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say it's lighthearted, but it's probably more well-known even outside of our country. Because mm-hmm. we do have some listeners outside of our country, which we certainly appreciate. Hey, girls. And guys. Or guys. <laughs> <laughs> and anything in between. Love you all. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and the unannounced. But I think this time I want to give you a person that is very well-known. One person. And mm-hmm. has mysterious endings i would say to her life oh my gosh who uh, i'm gonna give you the case of marilyn monroe oh my god she died on my birthday y'all i know coincidentally she did die on your <laughs> i birthday. am the reincarnation hello not in the same year <laughs> but on the same day anyway. yeah definitely not the same year unless she died in 1999 <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i'm excited i like i want to do one that like a lot of people know about because i feel like the ones i do i'm like eh, you know there's not really a lot of evidence and stuff and yeah. it's whatever but ooh, yeah. i'm excited about this one yeah that's why i figured i'd give you one that uh internationally no not just domestically yeah. here in the united states yeah okay. so good i'm glad i'm gonna be uh, happy to hear what uh, all your research 
uh, comes up with. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, good. So with that said, for Theoriots, I've been Tony. I've been Bree. And we'll see you next time on Theoriots.